from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs, this is the Locked On Chiefs Podcast. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes! It's like you could get used to hearing that, and you could get used to hearing it in a Super Bowl. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Well, it's been a long time coming. We talked about this preseason. We both had them with this possibility. And now this team has made your thoughts, my thoughts, and and Chiefs Kingdom's thoughts come true. They are on their way to Miami. They earned it today with a well-rounded performance. And the story of the day is that they are going to play 50 years after the last time they played a Super Bowl. And uh, I do love Travis. what Travis Kelsey said after the game. You have to fight for the right to party. And Kansas City is definitely partying right now. They have absolutely many reasons to party after the way they played in this game. Uh, and honestly, don't get me wrong, Patrick Mahomes played phenomenal. I do want to talk about that run here in a minute. Uh, but I honestly have to give a lot of props to the defense. 69 rushing yards for Derrick Henry after 62 yards in the first half. They shut him down, and the offense was a big reason they were able to do that because they kept him off the field. But that was a fantastic game plan. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought it up before me. Nobody can say that I only talk about defense, but it was an well, you know, impressive. We talk about defense or Sherman, so. Yeah, hey, one of the two, right? <laughs> it, it was an impressive performance, though, to be able, like you said, to keep him to seven yards in the second half. And more importantly, didn't break anything big. Got a couple of first downs. Okay, no problem. They went to him. They used him. He was their their crutch. We expected that. The defense played its heart out. Reggie Ragland came to play. Anthony Hitchens came to play. Mike, Mike Pennell came to play. And like we said, these are the things that weren't there the last time that they played this team. Pennell wasn't on the field. Reggie didn't hardly play. It was a team effort, and it was Spags learning from his past mistakes. This defense is still on the way up. They have not peaked yet. No, and I'm absolutely with you on that. And I have to say, I was wrong about Chris Jones. I did not expect him to play in this game. But he came to play, and he was a monster in this game. Uh, fantastic job by the Chiefs training staff getting him ready for this game because everything I saw pregame was he was either not going to play or when they did uh, when they did expect him to play or when he was active that he was going to be a third-down guy. He was not a third-down guy. They did not use him as a third-down guy, and that's huge. I mean, he was able to come out and absolutely dominate. Um, and before I get too off base with everything else, I have to say this. For all the hard times that Sammy Watkins has had this year, he came up big. And you yep. say what you want. Uh, obviously, one big play for 60 yards and a touchdown is huge. Uh, but <laughs> the rest of his catches were big, too. That, that wasn't even the play of his day. It was that ball no, that was wasn't. in the air before he broke. And he turned around. It was literally inches from his face. It was an incredible yep. catch. And I'm glad you bring it up because I brought it up on Twitter. And incredible is not even enough is not even calling it enough for me because his ability to get his hands where they needed to be able to catch that ball. I thought when Kansas City came out starting the second half and Tyree Kill dropped that ball, I was really worried that the momentum was about to shift. But the offense was able to pour it on late and the defense came to play in the second half and they made adjustments and they stopped Tennessee. And as soon as you get to a point where Tennessee is trailing, they are not in their comfort zone and they're not able to, to succeed. Well, and I will say this, the, the team, I don't like the slow start. I'm really, I really want them to get that out of their system, Me but too. they didn't fall too far behind this time. Certainly not for them being the offense that they are. 
but they put it back together right away and they got going and to be able to do what they did at the, the end of the second half, knowing you're getting the ball back was very happy to see that they were playing well on both sides of the ball. I, I did like that they came out and they, they started rolling when they first got the ball back in the second half. They didn't end up getting anything out of that drive. That was a little disappointing for me. I have to say me too. it could ha- have been troublesome if it wasn't for that defense. The yep. defense really started to step up and it was again, once the staff and the players figured out what they were trying to do, they were able to make their adjustments, show their athleticism. I thought the D lines played great. Saw a couple of nice plays from Colin Saunders as well. It's not just Mike Pinnell, but the rotation inside. You had Suggs and Frank running wild. Tano Passigno coming up a couple of times in big situations. Um, just an all around effort. We have a ton of we got to talk about. So when we get back, we're going to get into the nitty gritty of this game because. This game was phenomenal on both sides of the ball for multiple different players, and we have a lot of them we need to talk about. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can improve your performance and have that extra confidence. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. With no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com. You'll get your shipment free when you use the promo code Locked On. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. That's promo code Locked On to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right. I'm glad you brought up Tano Passigno because he made one of the biggest plays, in my opinion. His sack of Tannehill right before Tannehill went out of bounds. Him being able to get that that play off the clock. If you think about how this game ended, Kansas City wouldn't have been able to run out the clock if Passigno doesn't get him before he goes out of bounds there. Yeah. They would have had to run another play or punt or and I granted the game's pretty much over at that point anyway, and I and I get that and I I'll grant you that. But you absolutely had a chance. Uh you absolutely had the opportunity to run the clock out at that point because Passanio kept him in bounds. That was phenomenal. Uh and a little situational football. Uh, on the other side, Damien Williams needs to remember he needs to get down inbounds. Uh that could have cost Kansas City down the stretch. That's really the only bad thing that I'm gonna say about that game. Um you know, the other thing I will say really showed promise to me is McCole Hardman. He had two plays that were huge for Kansas City. First, his the punt return that he was back there. He let it bounce in front of him. He decided not to pick it up. I was terrified he was going to pick it up and just get walloped. But he backed out of it. And, yeah, it got close to him, but he backed out of it smartly. And then the other play where he's called, uh, he gets a pass interference call because he came tried to come back for the ball. That is a play that you have to be able to do in the NFL, and he has learned enough to be able to do that. That was a huge turning point for Kansas City. Yeah, maturation, not just his explosive athleticism. That comes fairly naturally, but the thinking part of playing that position in that situation, really well-rounded. You saw another, and I'm going to jump on it now, you saw another incredible play from Dan Sorensen, who was there all day long, 
Again, they lined him up more in the back than I liked, but hey, it, it worked out. I didn't see much from Fuller today. That means that he didn't get hurt. We saw one big play get away from, from Ward, but I don't think it, it hurt them in any serious way. So this secondary held up again well, without Juan Thornhill. Fuller about had a pick. Uh, Breland had a pick and they got reversed because it did hit the ground. Daniel mm-hmm. Sorensen should have had a pick, although I'm not going to, I'm not going to complain about his play because he <laughs> played very well. Uh, and we'll get into this in the second segment because I, I do think we need to talk about this a little bit. But Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark made the killer plays at the end of the game. Tyron Matthews hit, which honestly wasn't his best hit of the game, on third down to get the ball back for Kansas City. And then Frank Clark getting another sack to end the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it was one of those things that it was just enough uh, protection for Tannehill most of the day. They didn't get their hands on him too well, but you just keep coming. You just keep coming to seal it that way, I thought, was, was awful nice. And honestly... I think it capped off again what it is to have this this balance of an offense that you know if if you have trouble can go score for you and it's your job to raise them up and that's what this defense did all the way around at every level a couple of nice plays from Damian Wilson um you saw Naughty in there all day long there were there were plenty of plays today where a normal team a, a team that we may have seen in the playoffs the last couple of weeks gives up 7 8 yards to Derrick Henry Chiefs gave up two or three. This was gang tackling. It was playing defense as a unit. This is what they talk about, a team playing together. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm I'm still I'm still in a state of shock because Kansas City is going to Super Bowl, and I can't say that <laughs> enough. I, I'm sitting here smiling because that is just so awesome for them uh, to be able to get this done. But then you start looking at stuff that we haven't even started talking about yet. You look at the inactives going into this game. I thought that was very interesting what Kansas City did. Matt Moore's inactive, Marie, uh, Claiborne's inactive, McCoy's inactive, uh, and Wiley again is inactive. Obviously, Wisniewski, they've moved on from Wiley at left guard. They're going with Wisniewski, and I like that move. But Claiborne not even playing after practicing all week uh, tells me that Finton has really done something that they really like on this team. Uh, and mm-hmm. I have to wonder, LaShawn McCoy and Matt Moore not being active, uh, I wonder if that's because of the flu. Uh, McCoy is obviously way down on the depth chart at this point, but you have to think he's now had almost two months off. Yeah. I mean, just imagine what he's going to be ready for. in in if he plays in the Super Bowl, uh, you would imagine that he's going to have to play a little bit at least. Yeah. I mean, he's got 60 minutes left and definitely in this season, but maybe in his career, you never know. So sure. I, I expect him to be ready. And like you said, with that much rest, it can only be another weapon. I thought, there was plenty to to go for kudos individually. Um, I, I don't even know where to start. Tyreek Hill's day <laughs> was just so incredible to the point where when he's taking <laughs> when he's taking the long way around, dropping ten yards behind the limb of scrimmage, I'm not losing my mind because I'm like, he's going to get back to the line. He's going to be fine. He may not get a gain, but you know, everyone in the room around me is exploding. What is he doing? I'm like, hey, he's going to be fine. Just let him go. It's it's all right. Yeah. Well, and honestly, to me, and I want to start here real quick, uh, and we can kind of go through the game as it, as it happened. But for me, Kansas City kicking the ball off to Tennessee, giving them the ball, I always like that they defer because I really like them getting the opportunity to do two drives uh, at the very end of the first half and then getting the ball back in the second. I've always loved that. I think that's a fantastic thing for them, especially when you have a QB like Mahomes who can move the ball so quickly down the field. The thing for me, though, is you look at the first drive Tennessee had 
they drove the ball right down the field, and then you stopped them and forced them out of their game. Yeah. They had scored 41 straight touchdowns, hadn't kicked a field goal in over a month, and you forced them to kick a field goal. That yeah. is a huge win that we're not even that we never even talked about. Well, and I said it when it happened at the time that that is the first piece of a success right there in in stopping them from getting in the end zone on that very first drive because you're right. They had and no one had been able to stop them. And yep. whether it was giving up points and everything, that's all right. And then you get you got behind by 10. Okay, that, that's still okay because you had that victory. It really comes down to this might not have been a game. I missed my score, but I, I called it 24-41. I missed my score because that first drive for the Chiefs offense didn't go very well. I'm pretty sure my score was pretty close to being right on now that I think about it. Eh. I'm pretty sure I said that it was going to be a two-score game. Eh. But I, I, you say what you want. I, I will go back and listen, but I'm pretty sure I was really close to 35-24. Regardless, you look at the next drive. Derrick Henry gets a run, a uh, four-yard touchdown on a play that looked uh, very similar to what Kansas City ran uh, with Travis Kelsey earlier in the year. And then Kansas City starts scoring. At that yeah. point, you know, the Titans got, you know, the Chiefs off the field on their first drive, you had to – I was a little worried at that point because I was th- expecting they were going to start quick, uh, and they didn't. And then once Kansas City stopped, started scoring, they really didn't stop. I mean, no. at that point, it was just a matter of they're going to score just about every single drive. I think, you know, Colquitt had three punts in the day. Uh, and he did a great job because, honestly, that last situational punt where uh, it was almost down at the one-yard line – just to get the ball off was fantastic. He caught the ball as quick as he possibly could and got the punt off. I didn't care if it went 30 yards, yeah. 20, 20 or 30 yards. As long as you get the ball off, that's all I really care about. Well, here's the thing. The first drive for the Kansas City Chiefs, they punted. Yep. The last drive for the Kansas City Chiefs, they punted. In between that, they scored on one, two, three, four, five, six of seven possessions. So... The game plan of the Titans to keep the possessions down, to not give them 10, they got nine. Yeah, they got nine. So the, that part worked for them. But the efficiency is what it came down to in making them not be able to keep up with what the Chiefs offense was able to do. I had hoped it would come earlier, but it ended up being the same result that they got up to a two-score uh, lead and were able to maintain that. Yeah. Lots of individual plays. When we get back from this break, we're going to talk about the philosophy and how it went down. And I just want to bring well, up I know a you- couple of things. I know where you're going. Let me get just two things out. One, um, maybe my favorite play that they haven't used as much, they've been sparing with it, the push passes are back behind the line of yep. scrimmage. You saw Tyreek score with it. You saw them use it again. I think that's going to be something going forward that's going to be very tough to stop all the way around. Andy used both uh, Darwin Thompson and Damian Williams as a fullback on one play. Loved yep. that. Although I want Sherman to get a carry, not a... a a pass that he's really not capable of catching. And a big takeaway for me is Andy out-tightened the Titans. You saw me tweet it. I still feel it's the same way. Andy slowed it down and ran the ball enough to keep the ball out of their hands to put their offense in a position where they could not keep up. Holy crap. I can't believe you went there because that's exactly where I wanted to go. (laughs) Uh, Andy Reid was brilliant. I mean, that drive was absolutely brilliant. And say what you want. Don't get me wrong. Patrick Mahomes played a fantastic game, and I'm not trying to take anything away from him at all. Uh, his touchdown run, <laughs> that was a thing in beauty. Although, to be fair, I, I and I'm not trying to take anything away from him, but it sure looked like the 
Titans players were afraid to hit him near the goal line, which I really didn't understand. Uh, and I did see the ball kind of pop out for just a half second, and I was a little nervous. But congratulations, that was a great play. But Andy Reid's play calling on that drive that you're talking about, it took up, what, almost eight minutes of the game? Mm-hmm. And when you change the battle that much and you give your defense that much rest, that is when time of possession really matters, especially when you're playing against a team that likes to run the ball, likes to try to run it down your throat, and likes to give it to a back that's 250 pounds. If you keep him on the sideline and you get your defense as much rest as Andy Reid gave them and then go up 10 points, which they did, then they can't run the balls off. Then you take Derrick Henry out of the game, and he only has seven yards in the second half. There is not an analyst in the country that you could find, I guarantee it, that had Derrick Henry for seven yards in the second half, a half that he's run for almost over 100 yards in the past 10 games. Uh, I think at least five or six times in the last 10 games, over 100 yards in the second half. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, and I hope Josh is listening, because this is a, a scenario, Josh Bresco, that when time of possession does come into account, when you have an offense you're facing that is slower tempo, that can't break off these these fast scores like that, it did help them. And I know that that's a whole topic we'll talk with when we get Josh back on here. But if you had told me there's a team that ran 27 times for 112 yards, I'd said, wow, the Chiefs defense actually limited Henry and them guys pretty well. Nope, that was the Chiefs. 27 carries. The Titans only had 23. Yep. It's incredible. Well, not eight of those were Mahomes scrambles. I get that, but still. Well, and Mahomes playing fantastic as well. I mean, his, his ability to get outside the pocket and get just enough yardage besides the touchdown run. The touchdown run was phenomenal all in and of itself. And that is a play that will go down in Chiefs history. I guarantee it. But you go watch his other runs. They were just about as important as that touchdown run because they got mm-hmm. first down after first down after first down after first down and you milk the clock and you make it very hard for Tennessee to have an opportunity to come back because when Tennessee got the ball in the fourth quarter they were down three scores and yeah they were able to go down the field and they were able to score but who cares at that point well see but I do I, I will take umbrage with that for one minute because it's just a little bit disconcerting. Yes, it was truly well, out of reach okay. for all intents and purposes. But five I, I minutes say, out, you can't let up. I, and I'm not saying they let up. But I, what I was trying to say is who cares at that point because you didn't give up the big ball. You didn't give up the deep shot. You didn't give up something where they went down the field in two minutes. They still took three or four minutes and burned time off the clock. They couldn't afford to burn at that point. They did enough. Now, I understand, and yeah, you don't want them to score a touchdown. But honestly. On the play they scored a touchdown, Daniel Sorensen slips and falls. I mean, you're going to have those plays. If he doesn't slip and fall, I think Tannehill probably gets sacked and that game ends a little bit differently. I could very well be. You're absolutely right. Sorry, go ahead. I I was going to say, that hinges on on a number of ways. And like you said, in the end, it it probably wouldn't have mattered anyway. I just want to point that out because – in this next game, especially if it's Aaron Rodgers, you can never count them out. You can never let up, even if you're up by multiple scores. There's there's always scenarios to get no, back in it. So I, I just want to throw that little little grain of salt in there. No, and that's fine. Uh, but I, what, what I will say, though, is you sit here and you look at Andy Reid and the way he called this game. He didn't let up in this game. Uh, you know, you, you start talking about them trying to run the ball late. Well, with as effective as they were running the ball in the second half, I would have ran the ball too. And granted, 
there's one play where Damian Williams needs to get out, down, but he threw the ball enough to keep them off balance. The down the field throws to McCole Hardman and Sammy Watkins. And I'll tell you this on that Sammy Watkins touchdown pass. I was sitting there begging Mahomes to throw at the hill because I'm sitting there watching Hill run an underneath route and he just got off the screen and I had no idea where Watkins was, but I thought Hill was open and could have got a first down. And I'm like, Mahomes, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. (laughs) Just get it out of your hands. And he wasn't, he didn't have anybody near him and, and that's fine. And he did the right thing. He threw the touchdown. Great. But I was just in a situation where it was like, okay, if you get the ball out of your hands, you get a first down. You run the clock. You're in great shape. Sammy Watkins played a fantastic game, and you and I kind of talked about this before we started the podcast, and I wanted to bring this up. Two weeks in a row, Frank Clark gets a sack to seal the game. Mm-hmm. One of Brett Veach's biggest moves in the offseason was trading for Frank Clark. Look at how that's shaping out for Kansas City. He He had a very rough first half of the season, and he was injured. But yep. look at how that's playing out for him now. Yeah, and people were ready to write him off at, at Absolutely. one point. He came through big. Sammy Watkins, again, hadn't scored a touchdown since week one. Yep. But came up with plays. It was, again, that concept of you have to spread it around. It allows players well, to make plays a few times and not have to be a stalwart. Absolutely. And you look at Sammy Watkins specifically, seven receptions on 10 targets. Uh, I I wish I could see how many first downs he got, but you have to remember – he had a pass from Mahomes that they called incomplete on the field. They got reversed. Andy Reid did a fantastic job challenging it. It looked like a clear reception to me, so I really like that. But the other guy that we I wanted to talk about, Tyron Matthew. Mm-hmm. What addition he is what an addition he has been for this Chiefs team. You start looking at this defense and you look at the attitude that they're playing with, you can see that Tyron Matthew is the leader on this team because of the way he's willing to go and just lay out people and he did it twice today mm-hmm. his stop on third down the last time the titans had the ball wasn't even his best hit but it was a good hit true and and i'll tell you the bigger impact for me is watching how tyron's been talking ever since he hit his stride mid-season and understood how this defense is supposed to work and he, he's been making that sign about playing smart pointing to his head yep and that's rubbed off on other players Dan Sorensen is one of them that has done the same thing, that has really connected with him about playing smart football, and that's allowed these plays that Sorensen has made to come true. This whole defense is coming together, and like I said earlier, I feel like Brett Feach did a great job bringing in talent, particularly for Clark and and Matthew. They've now paid off. Even if whatever happens here in this Super Bowl, it has paid off, and it will allow them to have a future on this defensive side going forward. But the bigger thing is that those guys have rubbed off on the unit as a whole, and they're continuing to get better. Yep. And I have to I have to also say this, going out and getting a guy like Mike Pinnell, I'm not going to say Kansas City would not have won this game without Mike Pinnell, but I will say that it would have been a lot closer, and I think Derrick Henry probably goes for over 100 yards if it's not Mike, for Mike Pinnell. Yeah. He came in and solidified this defensive line. He played his heart out, and he was crying on national TV when they won that game. I don't care. He played fantastic, and he did what he needed to do. You absolutely – such a great story, him being a Chiefs fan his entire life and having a chance to send Kansas City to the Super Bowl with the way he played today. Yeah, yeah, a total team effort because you can't can't get it done without him. Can't get it done with Derek Naughty, who is not going to get any accolades either. You know, it's going to be the Frank and Tyron story. That's the way it's going to be. 
But those guys in the trenches inside did all the dirty work to allow everybody else to make tackles. Absolutely. And you're right. I mean, Derek Nottie played a great game. I'm not trying to take anything away from him at all. Uh, he, he played a fantastic game. Uh, didn't have, what, three uh, an assist on a tackle, a combo tackle. Uh, Colin Saunders didn't really do that much. Uh, <laughs> you just look at this defense. I just, I really, I don't have it. I don't have any words for it. Yeah. I mean, you watch what they started off in the earlier in the season, and you and I talked about this early on, and I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but you and I talked about this specifically early on, that it was going to be a work in process, a work in progress. And that's exactly what this defense was. And you saw it starting in the second half of the season to them starting to get to a point where they're on the same page as everybody else and they're hitting their stride. And they played one of the best halves of football I've seen a a Chiefs defense play in years in the second half. You're 100% correct. And they not only are continuing to get better, but they have time to get better. They have a couple of weeks off. They're going to find out. Uh, as we're recording this, Green Bay is playing uh, the 49ers right now. I don't know the score. I'm trying not to look at it. But we're going to be back with you tomorrow. Go over more details. We'll get with at Derek. We'll get with our other guests that I know you guys want to hear from. We're going to have a ton for you in the next two weeks in the run-up to this Super Bowl. Spread the word. Get everybody on this podcast you can because we're all going to the Super Bowl together. Yeah, we are. And I, and I have to say this. Sorry. I, I know you. we got to go. Pano Passanio. <laughs> for a guy that you and I both kind of wrote him off earlier this season just because of the way he played last year and it looked like he was not going to be in the plans for this defense. But the way he played today, his two sacks for a ten yard for ten yards of loss, uh, his effort, his ability to just get after the quarterback and play big at different times, and the ability to put him and Jones and uh, and Clark on the field with Suggs at the same time, you have what you've liked to call a NASCAR package, which is basically what it really is. Yep, all of those guys being able to get after the passer, and that's going to be a big thing going into the Super Bowl game, and. I have to sign off saying this. Chiefs fans, you've been waiting 50 years. Your team is back in the Super Bowl. Super Bowl 54. Patrick Mahomes is 24 years old. He took your team to the Super Bowl after his second season. (laughs) First season league MVP. If he wins the Super Bowl and wins Super Bowl MVP, he will be the only player in league history to win both at at under 25 years old. Oof, I can't even imagine. I'm looking forward to it, and folks. This is going to be a big week. He did, and, he, uh, and he's got more left in him. That's the big thing. So we're going to go through every aspect that we can come up with over these next couple of weeks. Make sure you're along for the ride. We appreciate you guys listening all year, and you got a couple more weeks. So I'm looking forward to it. I know Chris is. Thank you for all of your time and listening to us today. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Go Chiefs! Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.